Drums, please. Hey everybody, C-Note here and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is all about personal empowerment and helping you unlock your potential. Today on the show, I want to talk to my fellow INTPs all about embracing woo-woo in your life. <laughs> and what I mean by woo-woo is like spiritual, mystical, intuitive, um, just other ways of thinking. And while this is not a video about convincing you or converting you to a belief, it's about embracing and accepting that there are other ways to look at the world besides language and math. <laughs> and um, what I really mean by this, and I, I first want to differentiate you know, what I mean by woo-woo versus belief. And that's typically some of the challenges that we as IETPs face when it comes to looking at metaphors or accepting emotions or accepting different manners of, of speaking or thinking. Um, because one of the things that we dislike emotionally is any kind of manipulation. And a lot of the times we see religion or belief or specific types of religion as manipulative and trying to convince us to be a certain way or, or, you know, be this way or that. I personally have had a lot of experience with this growing up, uh, being, you know, my parents were trying to figure out their religious situation and I was kind of bandied around different uh, methods of Christianity and, you know, they were trying to figure out what they wanted to do. And I basically ended up seeing that nothing really made sense in that department for me. So I went the atheism route, which is a form of religion and kind of went into this like us versus them, me versus religion, didn't really appreciate uh, belief in religion. And, and I kind of thought everyone who was religious was just stupid. I couldn't trust them. And, um, you know, more recently in my life, maybe the last five or 10 years, really the last five years, I've been embracing and understanding the power of religion in someone's life, the power of religion in a positive, helpful, um, healthy way. And there's very much a lot of unhealthy use of religion. But it, this goes back to the idea for INTPs of what we dislike about emotions, which is a video I did recently. If you go back into the channel, you can see that, that it was all about, you know, we don't like dissonance. We have difficulties with people, uh, pushing their beliefs on us or other people or trying to manipulate people or especially emotionally. And that's the thing we dislike when it comes to woo woo, quote unquote, woo woo. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes there is a conflation in those spaces, right? Like being, you know, being religious and picking a religion is very different than seeing the universe as, you know, this ever present moving, interesting thing that, uh, you know, there could be some sort of source or some sort of movement in the universe that we're not aware of and just being open-minded to that versus saying like, I have a specific religion that follows this cosmic entity that does these very specific things in this very specific way. It's not about that. In a lot of ways, it's about taking some of the best bits and pieces of different religions, of different emotional expressions, of different maybe rituals or tribes or whatever we can experience in the world and assimilating them into our identity. So, and that allows us to be more open about certain ways of expressing. It allows us to see more metaphors. 
One of the examples for me that I've talked about in recent videos is embracing the idea of chakras. Chakras are basically understanding your kind of meditative centers. Um, there's more to it than that, and I'm not going to like explain fully what chakras actually mean. But when I was trying to understand certain concepts of, of myself, I was, I was stuck. I was understanding introverted sensing. I was understanding Enneagram 5. And being even a sexual subtype in the Enneagram gave me a lot of insight into who I was. But, you know, three starts to make a pattern. So I needed another system. I needed another way to look at things. And for me, chakras were a way of understanding that even reading the descriptions of chakras allowed me to understand that, you know, there was something going on within me, not literally, not physically, though you can believe or embrace that if you'd like. But it's more so thinking about chakras as just thinking just the it's, it's when you get into like the woo woo stuff it gets hard to explain <laughs> um they were descriptions of the root chakra which is all about grounding and security and center and tradition and reconciling with your past and there was a lot of identifying with that that helped me so going down the rabbit hole of understanding what that means and really trying to formulate you know uh uh um an all-encompassing personal theory of like what I was experiencing is was was part of that was allowing and accepting for other valid measurements of existence to be perceived into my brain. So another way of looking at it is distinct distinctively looking at some of these traditions or religions or spiritual practices, meditations, shadow work, body work, mind work. All of these things are just different ways of understanding reality. Before we had personality types, we had stories that we would tell. And those stories had accurate, usually had accurate things, that uh, personalities, characters that would line up to what we would call personalities today in some way, shape, or form. Because, you know, even though we didn't have, you know, a Graves 5 kind of pure scientific thinking of psychology that we would use to understand people and the way people worked and thought and experience the world, we still could observe them. And as I start to understand personality theory, and I understand how that translates to people's micro expressions, the way they operate in the world, the decisions they make, I start to see energies coming out of people. And I don't mean literally, but in, in a way, it's a little bit like that. It's more so that I, I define energy as the, the culmination of a whole bunch of physical and mental attributes between myself, the connective, the connections between myself and my understanding of the other person to almost a sign in my mind, like an, a glow to someone, you know, or a color. Sometimes I think of personality types as, as different colors in the rainbow. And if I see this person, they sort of make me think of, of this, this essence in a way. So instead of, you know, the more you get better at profiling, the more you can actually see a person, you can like, I can understand that this person might be in this range of personality types. Like, you know, this person's an EFP or an ESTP or, um, you know, they could be an INJ or something like that, or just an IP based on their demeanor. And it's kind of like poker. You're not necessarily trying to pinpoint an exact measurement of what this person is, but being able to use sort of this like energies or scope of thinking can allow you to at least have an extra tool to narrow things down. And while that may not be the process at which you be exact, 
about looking at reality and looking at the very specific thing that's right in front of us, there is these tools are valid in ways of sometimes being a mirror to our understanding of ourselves. Tarot cards are an example of that. Or even like a fortune cookie. Like a fortune cookie can save someone's can change someone's life. And it doesn't have to be something that actually means something. It just reflects something back to the person and maybe makes them realize something. So tarot cards operate in that way. If you pull tarot cards in the morning or even look at astrology and look at your, your, your horoscope, you know, it really depends on your perspective. If you look at it as something that's going to be defining your future and you're submitting yourself to it, that's no different than any other religion that you're submitting yourself to. But if you're looking at it as something that you can allow yourself to look at as a mirror and say, okay, this is telling me that, you know, there may be some issues with money that I'm thinking about. And like, what does that bring up for me? And it's not telling me, it's just a prompt. It's no, it's no different than pulling a word out of a, a bucket of, of, of words, a bucket of words, and looking at the word and saying like, okay, what does this make me think? You know, it's like, if I say pink elephant, what type of pink elephant comes to mind? Is it short? Is it small? Is it an extra fat elephant? Like, what is it about? What are the attributes about this elephant? Where is it? You know, what is it doing? And what do, how do some of those things that you're thinking about relate to your own psyche and your life experience? Like, what is it trying to tell you about what you think about yourself or other people or something like that? Which sounds absurd, but the more that you start to kind of dive in and embrace this kind of thing, it really allows you to expand the scope of your mind and your understanding. So it's not just about numbers and bits and boops, because even so, I'm going to be doing videos soon about INTP careers. It's not all about that. You know, INTPs are not all coders. We're not all language aficionados. We're not all math uh, professors, right? There are a wide range of INTPs doing a wide range of things. Many who do, you know, utilize these woo-woo things. I use bits and pieces of these things in my life when I feel like I'm stuck and rational, quote-unquote, rational thinking isn't doing it for me. Sometimes you need to expand your presence and look at something in a, just a different way and, and uh, really allow your mind to accept it. Not as quote unquote absolute truth, but just like a little nugget of something that's a prompt that just makes you look at it and say like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder how this relates to something else I'm thinking about and just really expanding that possibility. And then the other part of that is meditation. And meditation for INTPs is incredibly valuable. As you start to expand your scope, you can really start to ground yourself in an opposite kind of tethering sort of way by getting in touch with your inner calm state. Now, I know as an INTP, like my mind is constantly going. The second I wake up in the morning, it is just buzz, buzz, buzz. I'm thinking about concepts. I've got so many videos to record. I'm not going to ever keep up with them all. That... For me to understand how to approach the next thing and to be able to have the energy, the focus, and the wherewithal to do the next thing I want to do, I'm going to need to learn how to breathe so that I can recalibrate, refocus, and find the next step. And sometimes that involves meditation. Sometimes it involves simply breathing. You know, breathe in through your nose. Hold it and breathe out. 
simple. And you just do that a couple times, hold for about five or six seconds, or rather breathe in for five or six seconds, hold for three seconds, release for about five or six seconds, and just do that. That helps you to focus on your breath, focus on the environment. What are you hearing? What are you seeing? What's the light in the room like? Looking at those little details. These are things that being an artist has helped me kind of notice, to notice the little details in the world and how they interact with each other. But getting into this place where you can start to calm your mind and not think about your thoughts, not think about the big dangers in the world, the doom and gloom, doom scrolling, keeping yourself busy and keeping your mind from thinking by, you know, in, by just being a TV zombie, but instead being engaged with your sensory environment, doing an introverted sensing practice of either consciously meditating or just taking a few minutes. This doesn't have to be something that is like an extreme. You don't have to do this for an hour, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, or even 10 minutes. It can be as little as five minutes or one minute just to when you feel like your mind is overwhelmed and you need to breathe, you just I like to breathe in my nose and then out my mouth, but you can kind of alternate. But the idea is like breathing in. There are studies that show that breathing in through your nose is like a better way of getting everything into your lungs and into your brain. And it makes more sense. Like everything goes more up directly into your brain. Your brain needs oxygen, needs blood flow. And it's the combination of mind, body, spirit, and shadow work, which I'll talk about shadow work in a second. But the, the, the spiritual part of things connected to the body part of things connected to the mind part of things is all about just breathing, slowing down, taking a moment. And you don't have to constantly consciously think about everything at every moment. It's like the equivalent of having constant tabs open in your brain. You don't need all those tabs open. You don't need to focus on all the big, terrible things in the world. There are a lot of people handling those things, not that you should ignore them, but Maybe in this exact moment, this exact second that you're watching this video, listening to me talk, you don't literally need to worry about that. Take an extra moment. I hope if you're okay, first of all, if you're watching this at two or three times speed, stop it. <laughs> That's only adding to the chaos of your brain. Set this to one times, then take a moment, breathe, fill up your lungs all the way. Take a deep breath, because a lot of times when we're thinking, I gotta, I had to exhale that. A lot of times when we're thinking and working through life things, we're taking a lot of shallow breaths. And I'm not the most in shape person, right? So taking good breaths is important. Take that deep breath. You can kind of feel it at the top of your lungs. You get this like kind of euphoric feeling of like just relief. You can feel Try to feel the breath going through your body physically. You can feel the oxygen working its way through your lungs and dispersing through your body. And, you know, your body is a network of, of things that need to physically survive. I know we as INTPs, we want to just live in our minds and be a matrix attached, you know, brain thing. <laughs> but we have a body and our body supports our mind and our mind supports our spirit and our spirit supports shadow work. And being able to do all of those things gets you into a good flow state. So the acceptance of these woo-woo things is really in service of your body, uh, in service of doing better work, in service of having better relationships. And 
you know, it's not that you need to go preach the gospel of woo-woo or have emotional language. You know, I'm not, I'm not being woo-woo all the time and talking about this stuff, but sometimes I put on meditative music while I'm working or I'll put it on in the shower to just kind of help me refocus or just, you don't have to have music on at all. For INTPs to access introverted sensing, it's usually about accessing a part of ourselves that is related to our personal memories, our past sensory experiences. So if you have an object in your life that has personal relevance, I don't know if I have anything that I can immediately. So this, every time I go grab things, it just, everything's chaos. Uh, This I made in college. This is a, this was supposed to be like a handout that I created for like a project in, in college. And, uh, it's just this little weird cube guy. He was my former logo. And, um, looking at this guy, you know, you can use an object and just kind of look at it and let the object take you back to where you first found it or where you experienced it. You know, what is and then start to just close your eyes and think about, you know, what was the room like? What did it smell like? What was the lighting? Who were there? Who was, who were there? Who was there? <laughs> and, uh, you know, when did you get the object? What does it feel like? You know, feel it with your hands, play with the texture and, you know, ground yourself. That really allows for this opportunity to just kind of be in the moment and let everything else go away, whether that's emotional or, you know, overwhelming with thinking. You know, I know a lot of you are, are stressed out. You're trying to figure out your place in the world. You're trying to figure out your purpose, trying to figure out how you can contribute. You're trying to figure out how to even just, you know, whether or not you're an INTP. And, and I get that. But, you know, as you get older, it's going to be harder to breathe. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, difficult to take care of yourself. And I think it's a good time to get into a practice now at any age and just breathe. Make it a five, one, five or 10 minute thing every single day to just breathe. That's not a woo woo thing. That's just physical. Breathe. Focus. Let your mind take a break. Cause that's what meditation is. That's what like some of the peak experiences that we seek in life. A lot of INTPs are like, I love recreational drugs. Like those, what do you think those do? They create peace from your mind. And if you can manually personally create peace from your mind, then you don't need those things, right? You can still appreciate some of those things, uh, you know, orgasms and meditation and taking a good shower, <laughs> like letting the water fall on you. Like all of those things that, create these accidental peace from our mind are things that we can access on a regular basis. That if you allow the understanding of like the chaos of the universe to just kind of be with you and flow with it, that's something that you can just kind of be present with all the time. You know, the way that I think about life is that here in this exact moment with you watching this video, with me talking on this video is a series of interconnected nodes millions of nodes throughout history from the single basic moment of existence, whether that's the big bang or whatever you believe in or, or whatever is actually true. You know, for me, it's the big bang. So I start from there, this source point, and you start thinking about how the universe has expanded from that moment to create, you know, hot gases and those gases will cool and form, 
planets or they bundle together and create star systems and, and black holes from those star systems. And then planets, you know, formulate life. There's combinations of chemicals that create oxygen and water and all these other bonds that I don't know the names of because I'm not that kind of INTP. And, <laughs> but I think about the essence of, of, of creation and evolution and, and how everything is, you know, our human history has bonded through getting to know support of animals, eating animals or plants or working with plants or getting to know the earth and building uh, all sorts of different dwellings and advancements in technology, wars, famine, strife, uh, plagues, <laughs> and all sorts of crazy chaos that our individual ancestors have had to survive in order for us to exist, that we get to exist in this moment. No matter how meaningless you feel your life is, you have logical meaning in the fact that you exist after your ancestral intense strife. And I'm not just talking about the recent history stuff. I'm talking about the grandest scope of history, that there's civilizations that have risen and fallen and will continue to do so, and that we get to experience life for this short amount of time that we get to exist. And if you can carry that awe with you all throughout life, then you know you can let go of some pain. You can start to heal. You can start to do some of that shadow work of sitting with discomfort and being able to ask yourself tough questions without judging yourself or judging other people or being so caught up in this, this skin game of reality of just being a fleshy person, but that you can actually honor your essence and your spirit of your mind and your body and the shadow and all of this other stuff. That there's so much to existence beyond just what we can logically deduce and figure out. Whether or not it's real doesn't always matter. You know, it's not about whether or not we can prove something to someone or even prove something to ourselves. It's a matter of like, is it useful to think about this? That's what stories, stories are not true. You know, we make up tech jargon all the time in Star Trek, you know, put together the EPS copulates with the other thing and the thing and the, the transporter panels and all the stuff like there's logical connections between all of these things, but it's nonsensical to provide story context. And we believe it because it gives us an interesting story. And if we can identify with our own interesting story of being a human being, of being an emotional person that has emotions, because everyone has some degree of emotional experience, even though we can compartmentalize some of it, that's a talent, but that's not the answer. <laughs> you know, there's more to life than all of this. It's, you know, relationships, finding and cultivating purpose and having meaning, even when nothing feels meaningful and just feeling like, you know what, if there's nothing else that I can appreciate in life, it's the fact that a, I exist after 13 billion years of chaos and chaos that still exists. And there's everything in the world that wants to kill me <laughs> and I'm still here. I have a shelter. I have the ability to talk to you on YouTube. I can watch other people on YouTube. I can connect with communities. There are little things that I can appreciate and be grateful for. And that's really all it is, is finding different ways to have gratitude other than physically, you know, mentally thinking about whether or not something makes sense. Because that's not always the point. The point is just finding and cultivating your own purpose. And even then, when you don't have that yet, 
it's just being curious. It's just looking at shadows on the wall and saying, that's pretty cool. And just thinking about the tree that it's hitting, that the light is hitting and where the light is coming from and that the sun, you know, takes eight minutes for light to get to us. Like, that's crazy. Um, so I'm going to leave you with one last suggestion. There is a show on Netflix. I think it's still on Netflix. It's called One Strange Rock. And I was going to dismiss it because it's like hosted by Will Smith and uh, nothing against him. But like, I didn't think it would be like a documentary series that I could get anything out of. But he does a tremendous job. And they interview astronauts that have been to space and have experienced what I would think is one of the most awe-inspiring experiences that humans can experience in the modern world. And what thoughts have emerged from that. But then also the interconnected nature and systems thinking of our life. It talks about life and death, energy exchanging between like, you know, when you eat something, you're exchanging energy. You eat an apple, you're taking its energy and consuming it. And all of that energy exchange that's happening on earth at all, all times. Um, so it talks about survival, procreation, all of these like amazing basic core elements of being a human being that really changed my perspective on how to live day to day and how to not be miserable. <laughs> Even when the world demands of you to be miserable. So go check that out. Let me know in the comments below if you have any suggestions for any of the stuff that you've been doing for yourself or for other INTPs, like what's a good idea. Uh, if you've seen One Strange Rock, what are your thoughts on it? And if you're struggling with a concept, it's okay to ask questions below too, you know? I don't want anyone coming in here and trying to force their opinions, like that's not what I encourage. It's necessarily, it's, it's more so about, you know, having discourse, asking questions, you know, being curious, and uh, not just forcing quote-unquote personal truth but like there are all sorts of personal truths and perspectives that we can pull from and cull from and be able to combine and, and create into this magnificent, magnificent experience <laughs> that is life. So this has been a long video. I hope you've stuck with me. I hope some of this makes sense. If it doesn't, that's okay. This is all just a part of life. This is not something you need to quote unquote get to. If this is where you're you know, if you're here, great. If you're not, that's cool. You can be somewhere else. I, I don't hold any opinion or judge or judge or, or grudges or any of that stuff. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm happy. <laughs> so um, with all that said, uh, if you go to dopamine.life, we've got articles, podcasts, all that fun stuff. You can also sign up for our email list. If you do anything, sign up for our email list. There's access to our Discord channel in there. Um, there's all sorts of uh, back-end goodies uh, that's, that's not a great statement. Um, <laughs> there's all sorts of different ways for you to get additional support for doing this mind, body, spirit, and shadow kind of work to develop as an INTP, talk about cognitive functions. We've got programs, we've got all sorts of stuff for you to lay your little grubby hands on. So, um, that's really it. So check out the comments below, like, subscribe, share this with a friend, uh, all this like magical twirly hand motions that I'm doing. And, uh, with all that, uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. See ya.
Hayden, and I'm an ENTP. I went into that session thinking, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna figure out more about myself. Great. And this will be fun. But it wasn't just that. Like, I really got my top blown. Like, I, <laughs> I look at myself completely differently now. I look at my relationships differently now. I'm in the process of figuring out how I work best as a creative person, as a business owner. I had to recontextualize a lot of my life, which was work, but it was the kind of work that gives you more clarity moving forward. And I, I thought I was doing it one way and that was the way I was supposed to do it. And then I sat down for a freaking hour session and you know, my whole life is different after that. <laughs> I saw everything differently after leaving. There was, there was sort of life before this and life after, which I know sounds extreme, but it's not. That's, a, that's totally true for me. It's so satisfying to understand yourself. It's a huge relief. And like if our if our goal, if, if our life is about, you know, having a relationship with yourself so that you can experience the world in a true and natural way and like sort of live to your fullest potential, this is so essential to that. Like if you don't know yourself, if you don't know how you work best, and how you connect best, how can you hope to feel free in your own life? If I hadn't had a session, I would not have been able to start that work at all. And I can't imagine my life without it now. Um, I think it would have taken me a lot longer to come to peace with myself and really start to appreciate who I am, what I make, how I make relationships with others, how I tend to that relationship, how I tend to myself. And it's incredibly helpful to be guided through that by a person with so much knowledge about what these types mean, how you can interpret that, how you can apply to your daily life these principles um, and just new ways of being. Um, so. I really appreciated it. I can't recommend it enough. I feel like it's all I've talked about with people since. I keep bringing it up. I don't even care if I'm annoying. <laughs> um, it's just been a, a really huge perspective shift for me. Sign up for your own one-on-one -on -one personality profiling session at dopamine.life slash profiling session today. This has been a C-Note Media Production.